Welcome to Yo 11 Minutes. Yo 11 Minutes, mostly Vegas, no BS, casino and experience and more. Today's title, we found the best casino VIP lounge. Michael Traeger is a casino and travel loyalty expert who also helps people turn their travel dreams into reality. And now, Michael Traeger. How's it going, Michael? It is going great. How is it going with you? It is going quite well. Thank you for asking. I hope you had a very pleasant... What's today? Tuesday? Monday? Tuesday, yes? I, I don't know. Today is Tuesday. Yes. Is that me? I look strange. You do look strange. And you, I am... You've got so many mm -hmm. fancy things going there on. There we go. There we go. Oh, look at that. You see, this is a this is a recorded live and then dropped. There will be no post-production unless we really fuck up. Yeah, we have to seriously. Is that our motto? <laughs> it should be. We have to like seriously, seriously fuck up for there to be like a seriously, a seriously, surely. <laughs> well, I've got some props today. All right. And I have to say that I was tickled pink. Don't you love that term tickled pink? I'm not sure why it's pink. Oh, because I guess you're tickled so much that you start to turn pink because you're laughing. Is uh -huh. that why? Is that the reason? Maybe. Anyway, Sean on in the Xverse, aka Twitter, mentioned a book that I mentioned that people should look for, which is a vintage book called Lyle Stewart on Akara. <laughs> Bakra. There was also a later version of it too. There are a couple later versions. There was eventually a paper a paperback version of it also, but it's a great book because Lyle is a storyteller. And I know you have an image in your mind of what Lyle looks like. Here's what Lyle looks like. Look at him. Is that the gambler? Look at Lyle. Wow. That's the ultimate badass 1970s look. Don't you know it? I couldn't help notice that you bury a similar look this day, Mr. Traeger. Really? I need to get bigger glasses. glasses. And also, we were talking about Tommy Renzoni yesterday. We do have to look up more information about his death because I might have messed that up, but I was pretty sure it involved the Tropicana. But this is another book uh, that harkens from 1973, which is a really good year. And it's called Renzoni on Baccarat. And hmm. it's a really, really good book. And it's interesting. You know, it tells you the story of how Renzoni brought Baccarat. Renzoni brought Baccarat from Cuba. So he revised the game in Cuba at George Raff's Capri Casino, making it a game of pure chance. So the players had no choice of drawing cards and with the arrival of fidel castro you remember him bad fidel castro people don't talk about this enough really bad for the casino industry you know basically communists are bad for the casino industry he took his creation to the greener felt pastures of vegas Get it? Greener felt pastures i've never heard that before where the game was introduced at the fabulous dun 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 Sands Hotel. And if you look at that, and we go back into a little bit of history, and UNLV is kind enough to remember this, uh, basically in 1959, the Baccarat world changed forever when Tommy Renzoni brought the new version of Baccarat, Punto Banco, to Las Vegas from the post-Castro Cuba via Argentina. 
and Punto Banco is essentially the modern game of Baccarat we know today. It is a banking version of Baccarat en banque and Chemin de Fer, which means that the it's a casino bank game, not a player bank game. So previously, Baccarat really was Chemin de Fer, and it was banked by the players. Sort of similar how I think players can bank in Pygal Poker, and also how players bank themselves in poker. Hmm. On November 20th, 1959, amidst a casino promotional blitz in Las Vegas, they saw a new chapter in gaming history began, begin, and the first Baccarat table opened at the Las Vegas Sands Hotel. But Baccarat got off to a really, really rough start. And that is sort of interesting there, because that rough start was a 250 thousand dollar loss on inaugural night and that is in 1959 can you imagine that Two hundred and fifty thousand in 1959 and while my beautiful laptop has frozen on me i'm going to ask movestro how much do you think two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in 1959 would equate to in this beautiful year that is a very good question two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in 1959 today well let's see i would guess about a million dollars um let's see what it's worth now i'm looking at the inflation calendar uh, it's more than a million. Holy I'll tell you crap. that. It should be a, over $2.5 million. Yep. It is. It's $2.6. Uh, $2,653,500. No, no, wait. $2,653,512.11. So what I want you God to imagine. damn. What, what a I want horrible you to opening night. My God. What I want you to imagine now, Movestro, I just yeah. want you to imagine this for a second, that Caesars, somebody convinced Caesars to open a new game and they open that game, like one table of the game, you know, just seven seats or whatever, or regular, that was, it was big Baccarat back then, it was 14 mm -hmm. seats, and they open the game and just in that first evening, so you're talking that Baccarat table probably opened at 6 o'clock at night and closed at 2 o'clock in the morning. Just in that first evening, they lose $2.6 million. And remember, this isn't like some special high roller thing. This is just losing $2.6 million. Could you, could you imagine what would happen? You know what they say in this UNLV article? I wonder what high limit rooms would be like today if the Sands bosses had decided to give up on Baccarat. Mm. Interesting, right? I'm going to put that in the show notes also. Dun, dun, dun. Is it possible that the dealers were not trained properly or maybe there was some, you know, deals made? No. Or something? I would say no because just like with a craps game where you have a boxman and you have supervisors, uh -huh. Baccarat used to actually – Big Baccarat, which is like that sort of kidney-shaped table with uh, seven people on each side. Yeah. They would have a guy in a high chair 
like a like a much higher chair. It looks like uh, maybe like those guys that watch the tennis matches <laughs> who would be above the table watching the table. So you would have a dealer on the left, a dealer on the right, a dealer in the center on the other side. So you'd have three dealers, one supervisor watching from an elevated chair, and then another supervisor watching. So it literally would have to be corruption for the players to win. Like it would have to be actual cheating, but I think it would be very, very hard to cheat at a game like that because you have so many people watching the game, so many eyes like on those players watching the game. So the players got lucky, you know, on that first night, which, you know, as we often say with new gamblers, this had to be amazing because all these players got so lucky the first night at this game. And they're like, this is so cool. I'm going to want to play this game all the time because I just win at this game. Just like when you sit down a dragon link for the first time and you're like, this is amazing. All I can ever get are bonuses. So <laughs> that that's a little bit, a little bit of Pakara history today. If I had known you were going to do that, I would have done the Las Vegas history intro that we haven't used in two months. But uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, part of the part of the problem is, and I really have to tell we, Bovester and I love doing this show, but we're both really busy. So we literally prepare for this show uh, 15 minutes before. <laughs> It sounds about right. For, for it me, it's a little bit longer because I usually have to get a news story and then and, and appropriate B-roll. But yeah, 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 yeah. About that. Yeah. So we don't we don't always uh, we don't always figure that out. But yes, it, it was a, if we did post production, we would put the last the history moment in, and maybe we'll consider another history moment tomorrow. So anyway, Movestro. Hey, we I have an idea for a Vegas history moment since the Tropicana is closing. We should do a <laughs> Vegas history thing about the Tropicana at some point. Before it closes. Yeah. So we have until April, which means we'll probably work on it, you know, the very end of March. Uh, In 19... <laughs> check the, Okay, I got to keep going here. I got to keep doing this. Wait, what are you, what are you, what are you about to read about? What are you about to read about? I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is in 1973. This is an overview of all the Baccarat tables, and this is at the Tropicana. So at the Tropicana, Baccarat has been added within the last year at the Tropicana. So like 1972... The minimum bet is $5 unless the casino is exceptionally busy. Then the minimum is raised to 20. Ba- Tropicana's maximum bet or limit is 2000. The Baccarat table is set out in the middle of the casino surrounded by all the other games. They have one table. But that's a great spread, 5 to 20 5 to 2000 because remember this is $2000 maximum bet in 1973. And that's what I got for you today. And that's going to do it for this episode. No, I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> it almost got, hey, can, it, can you do the fucking news already? We've been you, waiting you, for the news. You, you were going on about like the history of Baccarat. It was like, okay, let's jump into, I tried to segue in the Tropicana thing. And then you're like, oh, here's another page about the, the history of Baccarat. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We are at 11 minutes. So uh, before we get going, do you have a, we could just save what we have for today for our show tomorrow because we have a fully planned show that we haven't even fucking touched yet. Just sitting here and we're already at the 12 minute mark. Okay. So that means we have to re- Okay, so so we're we're gonna change the title on this episode. So tomorrow's episode is gonna be "We Found the Best 
Casino VIP Lounge. That's tomorrow's episode. You see, we're actually telling you the future. At This is what we do at Yo11. We give you the future. And today's episode title is going to be something like, I've got a crush on Baccarat. You can probably sing that well, right, Mavestro? I've got a crush on Baccarat. Yeah, that works. We just get some big band kind of music. So dun, 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 that's dun, what dun, we're going to do. So sorry, sorry, we went, but we do have to end. You do, you do have to do the news for us before we wrap up this episode. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. Um, uh, yeah, now news and views and stuff. As mentioned yesterday, the Tropicana Las Vegas, a Sin City landmark for more than six decades, is shutting its doors in the spring to make room for a $1.5 billion Major League Baseball stadium that will be home to the, re- the relocating Oakland A's. Uh, Bally's Court made the announcement Monday, saying the closure on April 2nd, which is just two days before the 67th anniversary of Tropicana's opening. Just two days before. Like, they didn't want to keep it open another two days. Like... Wow, that says a lot, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, marks the beginning of preparations for demolition of the resort on the Las Vegas Strip. The Tropicana was dubbed the Tiffany of the Strip, described as the most expensive hotel casino built in Las Vegas when it opened with three stories and 300 rooms in 1957 at a cost of $15 million. What was $15 million in 1957 and what is that now? Well, Traeger's going to look that up real quick while I finish this news story. The ballpark, backed by $380 million in public funding, is expected to open in 2028 near the homes of the NFL's Vegas Raiders, who fled Oakland in 2020. I like how it says they fled Oakland in 2020. And the NHL's Golden Knights, who won the Stanley Cup last year in just their sixth season. While I'm here, I just want to remind people, everyone's talking about the ballpark, but don't forget... There's also going to be a new resort, a casino resort, a Bally's branded casino resort. We're not, we're not just getting a ballpark. It's 27 acres of land or 37 acres of land or something. And the A's are only getting nine acres. There's room for growth there. So it's exciting because we're getting a ballpark, but we're also getting a brand new casino resort on the strip. No one's talking about that. I don't know why. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Strippers and blow. (laughs) Strippers and... (laughs) Find me some! Strippers and blow. Oh, yeah, and these words. Anyway, 15... Did you say $15 million in 1957, Mr. Movestro? $15 million in 1957. $15 million in 1957 is worth 163 million, over 163 million dollars today. So that's pretty good. Uh, Though not as much money as they currently spend on resorts, but you know, that's, but also remember, it was only a three story. You know, look at it this way it was three stories, 300 rooms. Mm -hmm. If you look at Resorts World, Crockford's is under 300 rooms. And then you have a Conrad with 3,000 rooms and then a Hilton property. So when you consider this whole, basically the entire Tropicana is probably like larger in number of rooms than Crockford's Las Vegas. So that's that's hmm. interesting to keep in mind. You know, I don't, I think relating that kind of stuff is sort of cool. And I love looking at the 
look, you get the money. But, you know, think about it. You could build a, you know, this incredible casino resort. 15, actually, it's 15 million, right? Yeah. Wow. I think that's pretty much what it's anyway. worth now is about 15 million, maybe less. I don't I don't know. Well, here's the thing that's that's interesting. Like Bally's bought Tropicana, you know, it, it they bought it like that, right? They didn't really do anything to upgrade it since they've owned it. And even the head of Bally's uh, Cork himself said, "Yeah, the Tropicana was great in its heyday. It was it's it's part of the glimmer and glamour of Las Vegas, but it hasn't been in decades." And that was a, a strong statement coming from the people who bought the Tropicana. And it's because what they're doing is they realize the most valuable thing that they have is the land that it's on. So they're mm-hmm. making the money off of the land by putting a baseball stadium there. It's They feel like it's going to do better. Uh, the baseball stadium is going to seat 30,000 people. When you think about that, it's just a bit more than uh, T-Mobile Arena, which seats 18,000. Allegiant Stadium seats 60,000. So the baseball stadium uh, is going to seat about half the equivalency of Allegiant Stadium. And you know what I also bet? You know, a lot of I know a lot of people say, oh my God, baseball is so many games, and how is this going to be profitable? That stadium is going to be able to be used for other things also. Oh, yeah. Like look at all like I keep thinking recently all the really cool concerts that they've done at Fenway Park and things like that. So it's just another venue. It's another venue in Vegas when it's not baseball season that they'll be able to use for you know concerts or anything so i mean i I think it's i think it's i think it's going to be successful i mean we'll we'll see i mean let's see people who would have thought hockey would be successful in las vegas like seriously like if you really if you really had to think about it i wouldn't have i mean maybe i don't know anything so maybe i'm totally wrong there but i would have never thought that uh, a hockey franchise would be anywhere near as wildly successful with the locals. And I think that's a key point. People coming in to watch their team in Las Vegas because they want to come to Las Vegas to watch their team, but also the locals that sort of like having these teams and get behind them. And I think that's uh, that's a dynamic that nobody could have predicted. And I think the local market in Las Vegas truly embraces Mm -hmm. their teams, especially the Golden Knights. So that's... Anyway, that's that's all I got for you today. And thank you for this special episode of You've Got to Do It. You say it nicer, like I've got a crush on Baccarat. I've got a I've got a crush on Baccarat. Hey. Something there you go. Jazzy. That's 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 definitely it. And tomorrow we will come back to our regularly scheduled episode of We Found the Best Casino VIP Lounge. So you're just gonna have to ponder that and wait. <laughs> What 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 will it be? The suspense is forming, uh, but we'll find out tomorrow. Is it in Absolutely. Vegas? Is it in the world? Where could it possibly be? All right. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll find out tomorrow. It's somewhere. I don't know yet. I mean, I do, but I can't say anything because that's it. You swore you were sworn to secrecy. Those sworn. NDAs, man. Yeah, lock. So, yeah. Those are tight NDAs. Very tight. Should but if you tight. know what lounge we're going to say is the best casino lounge, uh, and and think and think big picture, you can tell us in the show notes, and we'll see if you're right. Ah, great. Yeah. What is your guess for the best casino lounge? <laughs> put it. That's right. Put it in the comments. We'd love to find out what you're thinking. 
Maybe put a tweet out yeah. there, Trigger. Maybe uh, yeah. get a little tweet out. Yeah. Find like, out today. Yeah. Or, yeah. Da, cool. da, da. And remember, best, best doesn't always mean just best on one criteria. You know, criteria is like the number of people who can access it, the ease of accessibility to it, that kind of thing. But it, the location could be anywhere. We're just talking about you know, when we say best. We're not talking about some kind of lounge that only if you have a half a million dollar credit line you can get in or something like that. Because that's not applicable to anyone. So we're not going to talk about that. Good point. And that's going to do it for this episode. Luxury travel booking, Travel Zork Travel. Visit us at Travel, travel Zork Travel. <laughs> ah! Ah! Uh. Visit us at TravelZorkTravel.com to plan your next amazing vacation. And please join the conversation on social media. You can find us easily. All social platforms are at TravelZork. We'll see you next time.